Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the final episode of the 2020-2021 season Bama Baseline Podcast. Uh, we don't have much to talk about today, but we do have to talk about a game today. Alabama faced UCLA in the Sweet 16 of the NCAA March Madness Tournament and lost 88-78. to uh, What did you guys take from the game? Outside of the reshot, like the whole game was just a struggle. I mean – the whole uh, the story of the game was the free throws. I mean, I have never seen a team so inept at the free throw line like in my life. When you shoot forty four percent, was it? I think it was like forty four percent. Let me check. It was uh, it was forty four percent from the free throw line. Eleven for twenty five. If we if we even hit one for one more free throw, that reshot would have ended it. Yep. yep. Like, I just. I think this could have been a very winnable game. I just don't know what happened that night. Like what got into our whole team, like that we couldn't hit a single free throw, anyone. Yeah, unfortunately, it was just one of those off games for Bama. Um, and we hadn't seen it in a while. And unfortunately, it came at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, UCLA has a player in uh, Juzang that, you know, they can take advantage when you're not playing well. Uh, unlike some other teams. And I think that that's exactly what they did. And obviously it's very bittersweet because this team has kind of just been a total culture change for this program. Um, So obviously people wanted to see them go further. Um, But, you know, we appreciate our seniors and I don't want to be too negative because there were some good things that came out of this game. Um, If you just take a look, the guys that were really mixing it up a lot in this game were Keon Ellis, Josh Primo, Jawan Gary, and Javon Quinnery, all guys that are expected to be back here next year. I mean, Javon with 20, uh, let's see, Javon with 20, Primo with six, Keon with 10, uh, and Gary getting some rebounds in there. So future looks bright. Um, you know, I've saw, saw on Twitter and I kind of said this to myself after the game, this is, very much, this has the very much feeling of uh, 2008 Alabama mm-hmm. football in the SEC championship where yep. they dominate all year. They look really, really good. You think they can win it all. They lose a tough game to a good team uh, that year being Tim Tebow. And, you know, they come back the following year and win the whole thing. And six, six championships later with Mr. Saban, we're, we're still here. So I think there's a lot to come. Um, Obviously, we need to keep Nate Oates. I don't really see that being a problem. We, yeah, we just extended him. Right. I, the only worry is the recent news of Roy Williams, which we'll talk about in part two, that worries me. But um, I, I think we'll have Nate Oates. I think J.D. Davidson is going to be someone to look forward to. And Oh, that's going to be oh, that's gonna be so exciting. I can't wait to go to the games next year to watch him. Cannot wait. Yeah, I, I'm excited. Um, future is bright. Mm-hmm. And although this wasn't the outcome we wanted, it's a start. You know, it's a, it's definitely a start and getting this program in the right direction for sure. Yeah, I think, um, uh, yeah, the biggest disparity in this game was the free throws and the free throw percentage for both teams. It's the only real uh, standout. Um, UCLA shot 80%, Alabama shot 44, and that's not going to win you too many games. But – Um, This team played hard, and some of the guys who played the hardest were some of the youngest. And uh, one thing I noticed was 
Javon was taking the ball up a lot in the second half. A lot. I don't know if y'all, if you two noticed this, but it, 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 there was a point where Nate Oates pulled Javon to the side and they were talking about something and he went on the, on the court next play and uh, I think was playing point. So there's a relationship that's growing there that I think could be very special. Um, I think this was the, you know, the effort and chuck it to Javon game and see what we got for next year. Um, but ultimately it was just a, just an off night. And when you play the way our team does, an off night will end you. But it's nothing to be ashamed of. We had a great year. We've got a great coach. And I think we're a big man away from being a Final Four team at this point. And listen, I mean, we're getting, you know, we have our eyes on some, you know, a few recruits that are big men coming in. Uh, definitely some big name transfers out there in the forward center position that we can certainly uh, entice to come in. I also think Juwan Gary is going to be big development yeah. this summer. Not to mention, um, you know, we got some guys who have been injured this past year that are big. So I'm excited for that. Um, I think you're right. I think Javon definitely got the mantle. Um, so, and it'll be interesting to see Javon and Shaq also off the ball, not taking it as much with the addition of um, the small forward, J.D. Davidson, who can also handle the ball really, really well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they play next year. Um, but we kind of just wanted to recap both men and women's seasons just because they were both very, very good. Uh, for the men, obviously, uh, winning the SEC regular season championship and uh, SEC tournament championship since, I believe, 1991 for the regular season, 1992 for the SEC tournament, um, which is great. We made the Sweet 16 for the first time since 2004 when Coach Petaway was on the team. So. Uh, big milestones there on the women's side, you know, they make the tournament for the first time since 1999, go 17 and 10. So there's a lot of things to look forward there. Not to mention, you know, Jordan Lewis setting an SEC record for most points in a game, 41, just a bunch of good positives for these programs that aren't necessarily there yet, but are clearly, clearly on their way to being there in the yeah, near I, future. Yeah. I totally agree with you. I, I think this year is going to be remembered as a huge year for Alabama basketball because it did something uh, this program hasn't done in a long time. And it's built a system and built a play style, and built a culture, and built a, a locker room. Uh, they know what guys they like. They know what they need from their guys. They know what they expect from their guys, and their guys know what to expect from each other. Uh, there's, there's a relationship there that Nate Oates is building that I think is going to be really special for decades. I, I just think Nate Oates is that guy. He's a genius who connects with these players on a really personal level. And I think it's going to, it's going to do wonders for the program. So I'm, I'm really excited for next year. I hate that we lost UCLA. I would have rather get whooped by Gonzaga, but. I just got to say, I just got to say, I mean, the, the 2017 recruiting class, both football and basketball, did so much for this university. Herb Jones, Alex Reese, Sexton, Petty. Oh. Like, I mean, hats off to them. They really, like, changed this program for the better, and I just can't wait for – I can't I honestly cannot wait for J.D. Davidson. That's going to be so sick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, my Twitter 
feed has just been littered with J.D. Davidson highlights. And every time I watch them, I'm just like, kid's got ex- extreme explosiveness, a great handle on the ball. You know, at 6'6", he can still shoot and go to the basket. There's just – there's a lot of good things coming with him. Uh, and, again, Nate Oates' second year, he's in the Sweet 16 as a two-seed. Exactly. That's That's insane. ridiculous, you know. And I also don't – like, I also don't want to overshadow the women, but Coach Curry has been slowly building this program and, you know, making the tournament now for the first time in 20 years, 21 years, 22 years, you know. And being able to recruit the talent that she's had, you know, the three, the three girls that we always talk about, there's a lot to come for both sides of this, both sides of the program at this university. Um, And as we've seen this year, really all the athletics in this university. So, yeah, you know, it it sucks, but there's culture building here. Um, So we can't overshadow that. I think it's finally time. Uh, give Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal Herb Jones, and they win 50 games. Let's let's talk about it. Yeah, I mean, Herb Jones going to the Wizards would be nice. They need defense, dude. They're, they're, give they are a big man away. Herb Jones. Put Herb Jones on the Celtics. Watch. I'm I'm telling you guys, Herb Jones is gonna get like a little memorial in uh Coleman, like on like the walls inside of Coleman. I, like I remember seeing Latrell Spruwell. Like I see him on the wall. Herb Jones is gonna be on that wall. Yeah. Well, he's had, he's had a legendary season, a, a season literally for the season. history. Well, season, yeah. Hang him in the rafters. Put him in the rafters. Hire the jersey. Put I'm just jersey. I'm honestly, I'll like back to the UCLA game. I'm just like I'm back. I'm I was happy to see Petty like actually doing something in the second half. It was, I mean, of course, like the one game we lose, like he was showing something. It's it's it stings. That's Unfortunately, all. that's March, boys. That's just how it works, you know. And you know, shout out to Nick Cronin and the Bruins, man. They've been they found a brand of basketball where they can defend really well. Probably the most annoying basketball team ever, exactly. and you should be ashamed of yourselves. Yeah, but I don't think they're gonna get past the next round. No, they play. They play like really no, there's no chance. Well. Um, yeah, we can get into that, but we will do that on part two. Uh, so we'll be right back. Stick around. We'll be talking a little final four and some recent news happening in college basketball. So we'll be right back with them based on. Hi, this is Eli Gold, the voice of the Crimson Tide. And I love 90.7, the capstone. Welcome back to Bama Baseline, ladies and gentlemen. Today is a big day in the college basketball world, and it is not an April Fool's joke. Coach Roy Williams decided to retire. I want to get your guys' thoughts on that. I honestly thought this was a joke when I woke up this morning. Um, but then once I came across like five different sports platforms on my phone, I figured maybe it was real. Um, this is quite the retirement. Obviously, Coach Williams is one of basketball, college basketball's all-time coaching legends. Um, Oh, yeah. Just countless, countless national titles with UNC and whatnot. Just just congratulations to him and, you know, thank you for his time. Yeah, I mean, when when someone like this who's who's brought so much to the game of basketball, 
leave. Uh, it hurts. It hurts. It hurts everybody. Uh, Roy Williams is one of the best uh, to ever coach. Uh, he's got 903 wins, nine Final Four appearances, and three natties. That's that's a record that so you don't see very well. often. Outstanding. Um, so again, yeah, hat, uh, hats off to uh, to an incredible career, Roy. You will yeah, be missed. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah, it was just so weird to see that notification. I told like like Brandon said, I honestly thought it was a. April Fool's joke like what the worst day possible to retire on like when people would think you're lying yeah but um yeah so moving on um final four any predictions Zaga Zaga I mean I feel like everyone's just gonna say that I mean I would maybe not, Baylor if they I, get I lucky I want to have I want to have like the opposite opinion like I want I have Gonzaga in my bracket, but like I think if they like face Baylor in the final in the championship, I think Baylor can. I think Baylor is the best team to uh, give them a shot. It's all going to come down to Baylor's defense, which they've been really good at this year. But it's just a matter of who's going to guard Timmy in the paint, and they have the size to do that. It's just a matter if they can effectively do that. That's what I want to see. I mean, I I I I don't know. I this is just such. So tough. Gonzaga is such a good team. Like I haven't like I know they always choke, but like I really don't see them choking it this year. This, nah, is, I, this is their year, man. I think I think they get I think they get their national championship this year. And honestly, I love their coach. I think it's you know it'll be well deserved. I mean, dude's been coaching there for however long. Literally has not moved once. So, I mean, what was the last time? When was the last time we really saw like a team dominate every single team they played like this outside of like that? Maybe I'm trying like that Kentucky team that one year that lost to Wisconsin, maybe. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I don't, well, I wouldn't even say how far did the Duke team with Zion and RJ get? Not that far. They lost to like South Carolina or Michigan State or something like that in the Sweet 16 or. Um, well, yeah, I mean, ever since that Kentucky team with Carl uh, Anthony Towns, I mean, since then, there hasn't been a team like Gonzaga. I think this is the best team of recent memory, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They're just – I guess this is what other schools feel like when Alabama plays football. Like, they're just by far the best by every means necessary. I mean, at this point, it would just be, like, one of the biggest upsets ever if they lost. Right. To either team. I, I don't even want to – like, if I'm going to be completely honest, I don't even want to see Houston in this final. I wanted to be Gonzaga Baylor so bad. Like, that would be such a great game. Oh, my God. I Like, I I want to say Gonzaga would choke because it happens every year. But, like, I don't think it will happen, like I've been saying. I don't know. I don't think so. I think they're really, really good. Um I just, I really, I can't, I, I mean, hopefully we're in it next year. I think J.D. Davidson can take us to that level. But we still, like you said, we need a big man. We're a big man away. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, is there, is there, who's like a notable, like, got, like big man that's going into transfer portal or something? Oh, Anyone? No one? There's a couple. I'm not exactly sure if they're – like totally available and if Alabama's going after them. 
I wouldn't say there are any crazy names, though. I mean, I think that's going to be Oates' primary focus for probably the year, not this incoming class, but the year after. Yeah. Well, he still has a couple spots for this incoming class, and there are a couple five-star, four-star centers out there that are yeah, – still have Alabama at least in their top ten, top five. So, you know, there's a shot. You guys think you would beat Michigan? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I believe, I I believe this, the UCLA was such a fluke game. UCLA will never yeah, play. If we, if we beat UCLA, we beat Michigan. They will never That's play that well again. No. The very next game, they didn't even play as well. Yeah. I mean, That's UCLA just, like, when they play teams this tournament, they're playing their teams down to their level. I mean, if UCLA was good for more than one night, maybe I'd say God's a UCLA fan. But in this case, I, I would imagine it's, I don't know, like God's dog. Might How would the world react if UCLA that? fan? They were graced with the power of perfect basketball for one night, just one. How would the whole, how would even the world react if, say, like UCLA somehow pulls off beating Gonzaga? Uh, just, just imagine going from the playing game, barely making the tournament, to going to the championship. Like beating the undisputed best team in college basketball all year. That's never – I don't think that's ever happened before. I, there's no way. No way. No way uh, uh, what are they, the 11th? Yeah, no way an 11th seed beats a one seed in the Final Four. Has an 11th seed made the championship before? I'm not sure about that. No. Well, so, I Chicago I, I made it as an 11th seed but didn't make the championship. I mean, sort of Wichita State. Wichita State came from the playing game, but I don't think they made the championship either. Not the uh, Van Vliet year. That was the Van Vliet year when Ron Baker, right? Bon, yeah, and that was when what's his name from Louisville snapped his like tibia on the court. Oh, Kevin Ware! Oh my yeah. god, that, that was that. Was, oh. One of the nastiest and uh, probably the nastiest injury I, of all time. I watched it once live. And I've never watched it again. Yeah. That's how gross. I've never. That, it was. It was. It was well near. I mean, well, it was worse than Paul George's injury that one year when he was playing the USA basketball. Oh, Paul George's leg literally made an L. Yeah. No, but Kevin Ware's leg was outside of his. Out skin. of his. Yeah, I know. Oh my God. The other one, um, uh, Gordon Hayward. No, yeah, that one was terrible like, too. The first minute of his first game with the Celtics, terrible. Uh, oh, bad. Yo, I can't so even like imagine. I can't even like imagine the pain. Yeah, imagine breaking your ankle and the first thing you do after screaming in pain is looking up and seeing eighty thousand people like yeah. just staring at you. That was just not good. All right, here's a question: Does John Petty get drafted? No, I after he after how he finished the season, I I, I think he's a he's a early mid second rounder at best. Right, he's here, no, 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 here. Let me restructure the question. Let me restructure the question. Well, because I there's only how many people that would be going to the draft from our team? It would only be those three. I was gonna say I was gonna say outside of uh, Herb, do you say anyone getting drafted? But out, but I'm starting to realize I don't see anyone. Maybe John, maybe John Petty. I mean, I could see him going to the league. Yeah, I mean, sometimes the draft classes are just so 
devoid of top tier talent that guys like John Petty, who are, who I'd say in the NBA would be average, maybe, maybe he'd be a nice six man just because he's so inconsistent. He'll still, plus NBA doesn't value their draft picks in the slightest. So they'll, they'll waste one on a guy they think could, could, could contribute in some way. I'm, oh, I, I really want to see Petty in the league. What if Petty gets like picked up by the Cavs? Play with Sexton again. That'd be sick. I, I mean, I think he could develop into a player. I just, I don't yeah, see him going that high. I think he could get like drafted in the second round yeah. and definitely develop into hey, a good role player. Hey, at one point, at one point in his life, he was like the 22nd best player in the nation. Yep. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the talent is there. The talent yeah, is there. I, it's just a I matter of if he uses it. The ideal scenario for John Petty would be going somewhere where he knows his time is coming, but he's got some time. Yeah, I well, I definitely feel like I definitely feel like uh, he should start off in the G League, like you guys said. Like that would be very good. I mean, for there's there are plenty of NBA players that start off in the in the G League that turn yeah, out. No, I mean, yeah, the G League kind of gone. Prime example is Chris Middleton. Prime example, Kevin Porter Jr., who's averaging like 22 on the Rockets now. I mean, he's a bucket, a walking bucket. Middleton went from G League to All Star, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, the the G League stigma is. I I also, this is completely off topic, but I definitely am going to start. I think that the like uh, high schoolers are going to start going to the G League more than college. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, They get the pay. I don't know because the NIL laws that are coming in are probably oh, yeah, right. you can make money. Are, on I mean, I still well, they're gonna go where the, I mean, so I, I feel like people are gonna start going to where the money is now. Yeah, but I mean, well, like the, the with NIL, they're gonna be respond. able to like license their name. Um, you know, there's, the there's definitely more money to be made out of apparel and stuff than the G League contract. Hmm. I think I don't know. <laughs> Dude. Consider uh, consider Bryce Young a rich man. No, oh, I'm so excited for him next year. It's coming. <laughs> consider Javon Quinterly uh, rich. Guys Jay- making six figures the next year. Oh, yeah. Leading scorer for Alabama basketball, who's going to enter next year's March Madness as a well, one yeah, seed. Actually, off the topic of the draft, do you think next year we're going to have a good amount of people going into the draft? Because I think we could actually have a decent amount. I feel Quinterly could. Well, JD's definitely going. JD could uh, be a one and done. Well, no, he's. I think he's a lock to be one and done. Well, I'm just. Well, I mean, I don't know. I feel like I want to say like Shackelford, but like I don't. I don't know. Shack Shackelford is gonna have to have a heck of a season because he is very small. Yeah. yeah. How, wait, how tall is he? Like six. Five eleven. Six foot. Five eleven. Really? I mean, I was staring him in the eye last night. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know. He might I mean, be taller. Hold on. Like, let's let's check that. No, I just personally feel, my opinion, at least I think Shackelford has a good enough shot to be in the NBA. Honestly, like he's a great six shooter. three. No way. Yeah, yeah. No way. way. <laughs> I saw him. At, yeah, I was staring him in the eyes last night. Maybe you were looking like that. There's no way he's six three. <laughs> uh, uh, oh wait, and apparently Alex Reese is taller than Herb Jones. Really I, don't know if that, I, I don't know if that's actually true. I, I, there's no way. It's probably I, true. No, I, I, I know like, on the internet it says it's true, but like 
In person, I don't think so. All right, Herb Jones just like, is just, just like how Kevin Durant six nine. No, Kevin Durant yeah. seven feet. <laughs> dude, I I know, but um, like the internet it says he's like six nine, dude. There's no way. I remember that one picture I remember seeing of uh him years back, like standing next to DeAndre Jordan, who's six eleven and he's taller than him. Um. Yeah, ultimately, I think Herb Jones is going to be one of those guys whose draft stock is just going to – it's just going to keep rising and rising. Uh, okay. All we're going to hear for the next three months is how, you know, Herb Jones is definitely the leader of the locker room, and he was the big voice, and he'll – he's going to boom up draft boards, especially with the hardware he brought home this year. Uh, John Petty's going to have to be a, a combine warrior. John yeah. Petty's going to shoot well at his combine, and then he's got a good shot. But, for the record, Alex Reese is one, one inch taller. Yeah, I know. I, I knew that. But outside <laughs> of the Washington Wizards, because we already discussed that, who do you see as a fit for Jones? Because I don't know. Well, that is, like, I really would love, like, I know this is going to sound so, like, generic, but, like, I would love to see Herb on the Lakers. If Herb goes to the Lakers, he's going to have one hell of a career, man. Him like that, de- like he would help that defense. He would be that they would that, that would be nasty. I feel I like, like, him I feel like you know, I'm gonna say this. I feel like the Lakers. If hey, who's the GM of Lakers? If you're listening to this, trade up for Herb Jones. He will help I like you. I like him on the Pacers. I like him on the Pacers too. I think Kevin Karras Levert. I want. I don't want to see Herb Jones go to a winning team where yeah. he have immediately a chance to compete for a ring. Bro, you're, if you're starting, I do not want him to go to Brooklyn. I do not want him to go to Brooklyn. If your starting lineup is Miles Turner, Demontis Sabonis, Karis Levert, Malcolm Brogdon, and Herb Jones, there's no way Herb would start. You're like right out of the gate. There's no way. But like he would be oh, a yeah, great well, off the bench. Hypothetically. Right? I don't know. He's um, definitely not starting out. Right. He clearly filled out his frame. I, I have a destination for Herb Jones that I think could either go extremely well because of his defense or extremely poor because of his shooting. Right. Okay. The Golden State Warriors. And he's that just Iggy part good. two. He's Iggy part two, but just younger, way more athletic. Yeah, dude. Um, like, oh, like that would be so oh. – Right? <laughs> Any any team like honestly any team in the West really, right? Not if he gets drafted by Brooklyn. Oh my God, I'm gonna lose it. I I, I mean we don't really have picks to get him. Like oh, he sold out so oh. much. Yeah, I mean, oh, I mean, I want to see like yeah, I mean, Lakers, 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 Lakers. Go to Lakers. I wanted to see Carmelo on the Lakers. I'm a huge Melo fan, but I'm t- I'm telling you if herb jones needs to play on the court at the same time as the shooter and at the same time as a big man because he needs to, he needs time to find his role in the nba level because his body is a little weird he's okay. and only 210 so he's tall enough to bang with the big guys but he's definitely not big enough yet but he's also way too big to, to play with the guards so he's got to find a role yeah. All right. So I was talking, I was, I actually asked this question to my roommates because me and my roommates still talk tied hoops, obviously, but who is your NBA comp for Herb Jones? Who is your NBA comparison? I, is- I, oh my God, I'm going to sound ridiculous, but I like, I feel like they move similar. 
They're built slightly similar. I, I think I know. I, I like I, I like Kawhi. I, I think they're they're oh, built similarly. I think I think they play a similar style of of just basketball overall. I, um, you know, I think in time Herb Jones's defensive uh, efficiency could match his offensive on an NBA level. Um, in time, I don't think he's going to be Kawhi Leonard even within the first four or five years of his career. I'm saying when this kid hits his prime, he might be a be similar to Kawhi Leonard. No, like uh, I, I, oh, you know what? I'll say this because actually, I just I you know I was just trying on Google. I was trying to find an NBA comparison for Herb Jones, and I couldn't find one. But I just thought of this: if Herb Jones could somewhat like somewhat develop a shot, like very, like it doesn't have to be a massive improvement, but it has to be somewhat of an improvement. I'll say his NBA comp is Julius Randle. Oh, I was going to say Jason Tatum. Herb Jones is not, no. Herb Jones, I'm without sorry. a shot, without a shot, I'm saying same parameters as you if he develops a shot, but they both move very well with the basketball at their size. They get to the basket with very, with, good ease. They both have great handles and they're long and lengthy on the defensive end. I mean, like Jason Tatum really doesn't get the credit he deserves on the defensive end, but he's a big time shot blocker. For that. If you think so, about it, if you think about it, Herb Jones literally plays, I mean, like minus the shooting, he plays literally just like Julius Randle. No, I, I like the Randle comparison too. I just like, I think those are all probably pretty accurate. Truly and honest to God, if this kid develops uh, some some moves at the perimeter. If he can get open, if he can get open with with his, with his dribble moves, uh, watch out, please, please watch because this kid will be a two K build. He's built like it, like a two K my my player. He's got he's got some you crazy. Know what? what Herb is kind of like um, pre Bulls, not pre Bulls, but like early Zach Levine. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, I, I, that, are, you, are you saying you're comparing him to Zach Levine and like in terms of like they have a long way to develop or like because like they don't play the same at all? I think that I'm, I'm talking more in terms of like Zach Levine was a one dimensional player to start his career and it's obviously now developed into an all star who can do everything. Yeah. I'm saying like the potential level and the athleticism is extremely comparable between the two. Okay, you know, I, you know, I'll agree with you on that, but I don't know. I'm not saying directly, like, obviously, Zach Levine's a completely different player and way different. So, I'm just saying both were both are two guys who are, young, who are going to be young in the league. And obviously, we've seen with Zach Levine, like, early in his career, he came in, he did the dunk contest, right? He's doing all these things. He's like this super athletic dude who can beat anyone off the dribble, but now has developed this shooting game and a little bit more defense and a lot more speed and stuff with the dribble, obviously different because Herb is not as much of a guard as Zach is, but yeah, similar, very similar, very both athletic and could have the potential to be really good with the shot. So I think this is definitely where Herb Jones needs to make a professional decision. Um, he need, he either, because at, at this size, he, he truly, he will not score in the post in the NBA. I love Herb Jones. But he is not scoring a single bucket on an NBA center at two. He needs to get muscle. Yeah, he needs to. So he either he either needs to he needs to commit fully to banging in the paint, being a slasher. He he can he can he can either make that his role, 
or he can he can really blossom. And I I think Herb Jones, no matter what, is going to average ten and ten on a decent team. I think he's going to give you good numbers for five ten years. But in the right place, I think he could be a a a ridiculous specimen because he's he's exactly what the NBA is looking for right now a guy who can do it all or do it all pretty well I mean he he, he is playing where the game is going he's a point forward yep all right mm-hmm. fellas I hate to cut the the draft uh, talk off but as we're winding down these last few minutes of the show I just wanted to get predictions for both women's and men's programs next year and then we'll get a little thank you sign off as we end the last show of the season. So I uh, just wanted to get your predictions for next year. All right. So predictions next year, if everything goes all according to plan, we still like play well together and JD is who he is. We go all the way. Ooh. What about for the women's team? For the women's team? I mean, is everyone coming back? I'm not really too sure about that. I don't believe so, but I believe we have a couple – Pretty decent recruits coming in. Okay. You know, I'm gonna I'm going to say we're gonna make the tournament again, but I'm I'm gonna say I'll say sweet sixteen. Say sweet sixteen. I I was thinking the exact same thing. Uh, for the women's team, I I think their ceiling, you know, I, I think their ceiling is elite eight. Uh final four, eh, not really. Some of the cream of the crop programs uh in in the women's realm of things are very Head and are very clearly head and shoulders above the rest, but I I see a, a sweet sixteen berth for the women's, uh, for the men, I don't know I I'm really optimistic, but I feel like it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fight to to get there to get to the promised land. So I see us maybe uh, falling flat, uh, elite eight maybe final four. I, I see final four, but I don't know if I can say championship yet. We don't know who, what other teams look like yet, so, I mean, that's a good prediction. Yeah, I would say for, for the women's, for me, I think they finish uh, probably, like, top four in the SEC just because, again, we still have programs like Mississippi State and Texas A&M and South Carolina that are really, really good. Um, but I do see them getting to the Sweet 16. I think playing against this competition has only made them better. Uh, so I think Sweet 16, maybe Elite Eight is good for the women. Um, for the men, you know, I think that the Elite Eight is probably really realistic and the Final Four is probably optimistic. Um, I think it's very possible that we get there. But like you said, Jackson, I think that, you know, we got to see what's going on next year, um, make sure this team is clicking. But I think there's a lot of opportunity. I'm just – interested to see if they can put it together in one year and with COVID any we might be good you know we we might be able to get these kids in early and really get working in the next coming weeks so we'll see we'll see so um with that this is the final time this year that we'll be signing off of Bama Baseline um what a run boys heck of a run but we will be back next year with Bama Baseline Bigger and better things. Um, we'll be ready to go. So, thank you all for listening. Buck, boys, one last time, we gotta get ready to buckle up. <laughs> all right, Avery. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate yeah. all of our listeners. We thank you, thank both mm-hmm. men's and women's teams for a great season, and it was a pleasure covering all of them. Uh, thank you, boys, for being on the show. So, 
It has been an absolute honor. A pleasure. I cannot wait to be back. Sorry. Yes, Go absolutely. On. So this has been Bama Baseline signing off for the last time in the 2021 season. Thank you for listening.